0: Father, we thank you so much for your demonstration of love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We acknowledge this morning that we have needs in our lives, but we also recognize that the greatest need we have is a personal relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ, and he is all that we need to accomplish that. We love you, Father. Help us to focus on Jesus. For it's in his name we pray, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Here we grow. Here we grow in partners. Here we grow in the body. There are at least four passages of Scripture in the New Testament that talk about the body of Christ. Two of them are found in Ephesians chapter four, one a couple in Colossians, and then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and here in Romans chapter 12. And we recognize that together we are part of the body of Christ. And that means we are partners. We share together. That means as part of the body, we're brothers and sisters. We have a family relationship. Now, this morning as we share together here in Romans chapter 12, there are three words that I want you to think about. I want you to think about grace. I want you to think about faith. I want you to think about holiness. Can you remember those three words? Now, you'll see that they are not in chronological order in this outline. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Grace, faith, holiness. Somebody said you can't do that. It doesn't fit in with the acrostic. Yes, I can. All right, say those three words with me, will you please? Grace, faith, holiness. Now, you're in Romans chapter 12. I want to read for you the first three verses. The first three verses of Romans chapter 12. For by the grace, there's the second word, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Grace. Someone has said love is upward. Love outward is is affection. Love upward is worship, love outward is affection, love downward is grace. And we all recognize that grace is God giving to us what you and I do not deserve. 20 different times in Romans, Paul talks about grace. And he helps us understand that grace is the foundation of our relationship. But just because we have grace does not mean that we can live like we want. Grace gives to us the wonder of that relationship with God, for by grace are we saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Keep your finger here on Romans chapter 12 and turn back to Romans chapter 2, will you please? Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. I'm looking and I'm not finding the verses that I have in my notes. That is the worst fear of a public speaker. Mm. All right. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 18. Okay? Romans chapter 3, verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being was justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are justified through His grace and we understand that, that it is in His grace that we can come into His presence. There is nothing else that provides for us a relationship with God. Romans chapter 5, please. Romans chapter 5. Let me again begin with verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Where the law was, grace abounded more. The law taught us that we needed to have a relationship with God. But it was God's grace that overcame everything that was legalistic in our lives. God's grace changes everything. Now, what does that do to our lives? Chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Nope. God forbid. By no means. We are dead to sin. One more passage. Romans chapter 11, please. Romans chapter 11, verse 6. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Grace is God giving to us what you and I do not deserve. Amen? Aren't you thankful for God's grace this morning? Aren't you thankful that God has given to us the opportunity to know Him in that He has given to us what we do not deserve and that is a personal relationship with Him as His children. Partners together as the body of Christ and it's all about God's grace, God's unmerited favor, Christ's riches at God's expense. Amen. It's all about grace. Now back to Romans chapter 12, please. Verse 3, for by grace given to me, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. It is God's grace that helps us not be high-minded, but to be sober-minded. We talked about this last week. And you and I are not better than other people because we have received God's grace. We're just more blessed. And God has given to us the wonder of that relationship. I'm reading a book right now. That is, the history of the COI, Coordinator of Information. Anybody know about the COI? The COI was the predecessor to the OSS, which was the predecessor to the Central Intelligence Agency. The COI came into being under President Roosevelt right before World War II when he knew that there were certain activities that needed to be done to help us win the war. Bill Donovan was the first director of the COI and then OSS. It was part of a military organization. Now, if you've ever been in the military, you know that there is a pecking order. Yes, sir. And if you're a sergeant, you don't do that to privates. Privates do that to sergeants, and so on up the line. But the wonderful thing about the OSS was they got away from that pecking order because a lot of times the pecking order did not allow them to accomplish what they needed to accomplish. They needed to get outside the box. I am so thankful that there is no pecking order within the body of Christ. Aren't you? We are all servants together. And we can get outside the box to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And that's what this be not high-minded but be sober-minded is all about. We're not better than anybody else. But we are serious about doing what God has called us to do. And each one of us needs to have that attitude. Grace. Let's talk a little bit about faith. Because here in verse 3 it says, That God has given to us, each according to the measure of faith that He has assigned. God has given to us according to the measure of faith that He has assigned. Have you thought about the faith recently? Jude, there's only one chapter in Jude. Verse 3 says that we are to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So, I ask the question, if that's true that we are to contend for it, earnestly contend for it, what is it? Well, let me just share with you some some parts of the faith. The faith begins with salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In Acts chapter 6, there were priests who came to the faith, And the faith is the foundation for our relationship with God. But not only is it for salvation, it's also for separation. There were certain things that were part of the faith, decrees here in Acts chapter 16, that were kept. And it's not so much as being separated from stuff, it's being separated unto someone. And frankly, if we were more separated unto the Lord, we wouldn't have to worry so much about being separated from the world. Now, we are told not to love the world, right? Neither the things that are in the world, if any man loves the world, the love of the father's. we're told that. But we're also told to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finish of our faith. And let me tell you, the more you keep your eyes on Jesus, the less you will be impacted by the world. The more you walk in the Spirit, the less you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that is part of the faith, separating ourselves unto the one who is the author and finisher of our faith. The faith is also about the scriptures. All scripture is given by inspiration of of God. Here in Acts chapter 24, we find Paul. And Paul is reasoning about the faith before Felix. And he is telling him the scriptures. Because it is the scripture that is the foundation for our faith. We had a great CBC 101 class this morning. There were over 20 people in my office. It was a great time. And we we talked about Baptist distinctives. I asked the class, what's the first thing that comes to, to mind when you hear the word Baptist? It was interesting to hear the answers. But as we talk about Baptist distinctives, we start with a, can you imagine we use an acrostic? B-A-P-T-I-S-T. We start with a B. And the first B is the Bible is our authority. That's what Baptists believe. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy word, thy word is truth. I was paid a compliment this morning as I came in someone caught me just outside the door and said, Pastor, I really appreciated the way you biblically handled tithing a couple of weeks ago. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's not what I think or what you think, it's what the Bible says. And if we are earnestly contend for the faith, we must deal with the Scriptures. We must recognize that service is part of the faith. In Acts chapter 14, They were confirming and exhorting in the faith as they served the living and true God. Stewardship is part of the faith. In fact, Paul wrote to Timothy, said, that those who do not take care of their own house, they've denied the faith. And the truth is not in them. And then speech. You know, our speech proclaims our faith. Paul told Timothy to, to avoid idle babbling. I'm one of those guys that when I'm talking with someone, I want to get to the point. You know, just the facts. Sometimes Connie gives me more information than I even need or care about. Now please do not equate that with idle babbling. Because if you do, I'm going to be in trouble but sometimes you and I can go on and on and on and we really don't say anything. Our speech needs to be seasoned with salt, ministering to people, sharing in people's lives. It's all part of the faith. And we do have a responsibility in the the faith. How do you increase your faith? You be more faithful. Isn't that what took place in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, in the parable of the talents? One was given five, one was given two, and one was given one. And when the master returned, he said, how'd you do? And the one with five said, I gained five. That was an increase. He said, well done. He increased his faith. The one who was given two said, I got two more. Well done. That increased his faith. The one who said one. Said, so I knew you'd want it back, so here it is. I hit it in the ground. Everyone was given to his ability. So, how do I grow my faith? I'm more faithful. But the reality is, too, folks, use it or lose it. That's what happened to the one, right? He took the one from the one who did not increase his faith, gave it to the one who had. And said, You wicked and slothful servant. It's a use it or lose it deal with our faith. So we've covered two of our words this morning. The first one is grace. Say it with me, grace. Thank you. Second one is faith. Say it with me, faith. Third one is holiness. Let's talk a little bit about holiness. First two verses that we read, they're familiar verses, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let me quote them for you. Now, I'm quoting King James because that's how I learned it. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, in this passage of Scripture, there are four responsibilities that God gives to us. The first responsibility is that of holiness. We are to be holy. Scripture says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to your former lust and your ignorance, but as he who is holy is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of life. Because it's written, be ye holy, for I am holy. We are to reflect the character of God. Amen? And God is holy, right? So you and I are to be obedient to that character and reflect His holiness. Present your bodies holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But not only are we to be holy, we are also to sacrifice. That is an act of offering ourselves to God. That's that's putting ourselves out. This morning we are going to celebrate the Lord's table and and we are going to recognize and remember His His given body and His shed blood, His sacrifice. Easter's coming. We, We think about the sacrifice of God where He demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Christ died. That's His sacrifice. And you and I are supposed to sacrifice ourselves. We are supposed to give ourselves to the Lord. We're supposed to serve. We did not read the entire passage, Romans chapter 12, but it talks about gifts within the body. And you and I, as we recognize that God has given to us gifts, need to understand that we are to use them within the body. And and next week we're going to get into this gifts and how the scripture outlines we are to to serve with one another and, and share with one another. And we'll look here in Romans chapter 12, and we'll go a little bit to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll go to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we'll, we'll look at the gifts. But that's all about service. And then he talks about worship. Reasonable form of Worship. How does that fit together? Holiness. You cannot be holy without sacrifice. You will not sacrifice until you are ready to worship. You cannot truly worship without service. And you cannot faithfully serve unless you're holy. See the way that works? Can I back those up again, Brenda, please? You cannot be holy without sacrifice. You will not sacrifice until you're ready to worship. You cannot truly worship without service. And you cannot faithfully serve unless you're holy. We're partners. We're part of the body. He's given to us gifts. And it's all to be used and directed for His honor and His glory. And that's what this is all about, right? And it all flows from God's grace given to us through faith so that we can be holy to Him. We'll fill in the rest of it next week. That's where we are today. There's a song in your your hymnal. You know it well. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, my song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty. God in three persons, blessed Trinity.
1: Holy, holy, holy. Holy Lord God As we sing
0: that last stanza together, I'm going to ask our men to gather in the back, please, and then to make their
1: way to the front. Here we go. Holy, holy.